0: Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG, and I'm Eric Clayton. It's cliche to say, and you're going to groan when I say it, but Ignatian Pilgrimage, there's an app for that. It's called Journey with Ignatius, and it's a cool new project developed by the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies at Boston College. You're going to want to download it. Go ahead, hit pause. I can wait. Alright, now that you're back, let's talk about today's episode. Father Casey Bermier is a Jesuit priest and the director for the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies. And he shares with me some of the thinking and reflection that went into developing this app. But our conversation doesn't stop there. The app itself is meant to be a pilgrimage, an experience of Ignatian spirituality, a tool to deepen our lives of faith. And so we touch on these topics too. How the pandemic has served as a catalyst for innovation where faith and spirituality are concerned. How the very idea of pilgrimage can still apply to us, even if we're still stuck at home. How the life and legacy of St. Ignatius is relevant today as ever, particularly as we continue our own global pilgrimage through the Ignatian year. If you want to learn more about the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies or want a direct link to where you can get that app, check out the links in the notes. Now, here's my conversation with Father Casey. All right, Father Casey Baumier, welcome to AMDG. So glad to have you with us today.
1: Well, thanks, Eric. I'm delighted to join
0: and we're looking forward to talking about um, this really cool uh, Ignatian Pilgrimage app that, that you and your team have, uh, have launched. Um, but before we get into that, I, you know, I want to uh, I want to talk about pilgrimage uh, in general, because I think, you know, you use, uh, you know, you use pilgrimage as the framing, really, for this this virtual experience. So I wonder if you might just share some reflections on, on what is the value of a pilgrimage and, and why did you think that was a good way to um, frame uh, this this other
1: project? Well, it's a great question. It's an important question. And I've got a couple of thoughts. We can talk a little bit more about them if you want. I teach a course here at BC on pilgrimage, life as pilgrimage. And in that class, the working definition that I work with for how I define what pilgrimage is, I say it's a personally transformative, life-changing journey of risk, renewal, and awakening wonder that always leads to a sacred center. That's my little take on on pilgrimage. And the reason why we came up with this idea for the app was as the pandemic continued, I think here at the Institute, all of us were itching to be out and about. In fact, we teach a course that is a an immersion course in Spain and Rome, and we were missing it. Now it'll be two years that we haven't been able to offer it. So I think the creativity that came in the shutdown enabled us to rethink well, how do we help communicate things that we do have? And how do we do that in a way that meets people where they're at? So in the midst of pandemic, and with people having cell phones and smartphones at that, we thought, why not look at the possibility of of creating an app, which is something that we've wanted to do, but haven't had the the time and the bandwidth to be able to do so. So it was kind of a a magnificent convergence of all sorts of different things that led to our journey with Ignatius app.
0: I wonder if you might um, zoom out for for listeners and, and talk a little bit about how how does an app kind of fall under the purview of the work that you're doing?
1: Well, we have all sorts of digital initiatives that we've done over the course of time in our, our brief existence. The Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies has been at Boston College now for seven years. But these digital pieces were available through something called the Portal to Jesuit Studies. And we've had success with reaching people through that portal. It's it's free and open access. But I knew that there was more that we had to offer in ways that would help draw people to our other materials. And we teach classes on Jesuit history, classes on Jesuit spirituality and social justice and pedagogy. But we also have a lot of publishing that goes on. We're primarily a a publishing entity. So taking things that we've had and rethinking, how do we help people find them? How do we get on people's radar? Well, I think the world of apps, there's something to that. They're easy to navigate. People find them to be attractive. It's kind of fun to, to explore. So we thought we would give it a try and we thought we would bring into that app some of the features that we've already created, but that we're not reaching certain audiences that we thought, let's try to see if we can expand our availability. So that's how that's, how that's worked out.
0: It sounds uh, a lot like you know the, the need to meet people where they are, um, and 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 to you know be mindful of, of kind of a changing landscape. So how how have you um, kind of in in all of your work you know kept that front and center? This idea of, of of where are people, where is the need, and then and then how how do you respond?
1: Well, I'd say the operative word for what we do here is to help people encounter depth. So mm-hmm. depth of Jesuit history, depth of spirituality, depth of pedagogy, and to do that in a way that meets people in their current circumstances. And one of the realities that anybody who's connected to anything of the Society of Jesus is that we're all working very hard. We have limited amounts of time, limited limited amounts of, of energy. So when we create a book, when we create a course, when we offer some sort of a digital initiative, we have to keep in mind that people are doing everything that they can currently. So one of the puzzles for us has been to try to help people find available through the Institute things that we know that would be helpful for them, but that they don't know exist yet. So part of our labor has been to try to figure out how to, how to encounter people where they're at and how to make what we offer irresistible and helpful in ways that people would say you know it's worth my time to download that app or it's worth my time to take that course or it's worth my time to purchase that book so that's that's not just an, an institute problem i think that's that's a world issue right now because there's a lifetime's not enough to be able to access all the things that are available that can be helpful so we have to make a case for what we offer and why we think it could be valuable for all of our friends in Jesuit high schools and colleges and universities and retreat houses all around the world. And that's that's a great puzzle.
0: Yeah, I like how you say, I like the, you use the word irresistible. How do we make it irresistible? So I wonder, when you think about the story of, of St. Ignatius and the legacy of, of, of Ignatius and Ignatian spirituality, how do you translate that in such a way um, today you know 2021 um, to make it irres- uh, irresistible across all of these new platforms and mediums and 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 you know places and all that all that good stuff.
1: Well I think part of it is to to highlight parts of Ignatius's life that are so very human and his story is a very very human one. He's he's first and foremost uh, a person who wanted to strive, and to have success and i think for anybody uh in their younger years that that resonates so we can see that his course of growth his course his trajectory it relates to to people who are trying to to make a name for themselves as they as they grow and because a primary apostolate of the society is education well that that really is i think a great population to try to present the life of ignatius in a way that meets them in similar circumstances. And I do think that, that even though it's been centuries, there are many things about the life of Ignatius that we today can relate to and, and we can find helpful in our own growth, in our own struggle, our own success.
0: I, I think, I mean, uh pilgrimage, this idea, return to the idea of pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, right, is central to our faith, just writ large, but um but is so uh foundational to Ignatius's story. Um so I, I wonder again, how how are you thinking about pilgrimage? Um, you know, Ignatius, you know, you know, there's that Ignatian pilgrimage in Spain, it's it's a it's a very physical place. How are you thinking about um as you began to work on this app? bringing people into this uh, this pilgrimage experience without ever going to Spain or, or maybe even leaving their homes
1: sure so what we did was we we tried to zero down on or zero in on what are 12 places that have some significance in that journey of Ignatius and once we had those 12 places in mind then we came up with 12 formative, takeaways from those places. We actually spent a fair amount of time last summer trying to come up with what are those 12 areas and how do they match those 12 places? And then to come up with an image for each one of them in a way that would be intriguing and kind of fun, attractive for people who might not have ever been to any of those places so that they could learn about them, but also how they could see that this is a journey that I can take and learn from and benefit from as well so the app has features that reward people as they continue along the way so we have we have a reliquary with different relics that people can earn think about badges and other apps that's kind of the same concept and we track steps so in the journey the function allows for people to track the steps through their phones, and that's tracked through the app. You could be with a group that downloads at the same time. I think people find something like that to be fun. I mean, I'm a, a person who is religious about 13,000 steps a day. So I, I find that I'm motivated in this way, and I'm sure that there are listeners on the podcast that are wired in a very similar fashion. So we tried to find things that would be fun, but also we tried to use resources from within our institute that would be transmitting some depth about the life of Ignatius too.
0: And I love to collect stuff. So the reliquary thing um, is like a very like Pokemon got to catch them all feeling for me. I'm like, yeah, I got I to gotta get the next one. Um, you, you know, I, if you were to, you know, if you're you know, trapped in an elevator and you have to give that, you know, what like, what's the nugget that you want people to, to take away on this, on this app, what would it be? What would be that like, you know, you had to 12 week pilgrimage, um, there's a ton of stuff in that app, um, but what would be the uh, kind of the, the, the net net of the, of the experience that you really hope people are going to um, think about and walk away with uh, after that, after that pilgrimage experience?
1: Well, I think the big picture is, especially today when people have been so distant from the practice of faith because of the pandemic, I think our goal really is to try to make a case for the relevancy of practicing faith and that there's so much that comes out of our tradition in in the Ignatian tradition and the Catholic tradition. We want that to be attractive and to try to figure out how to make the case for the practice of faith and that there's great depth and value in that practice that benefits us today and in the future.
0: How have people been responding to the app? Have, have have you have you gotten a sense of, oh yeah, like we, we really hit it right, you know, nail on the head or are there things where you're saying, oh, this is kind of new, the 2.0 version, we've already got ideas. what What is your sense?
1: Well, we had a first iteration that was just available through iOS devices. And we had a BC alum from the class of 2020 develop it for us. And we did all of these things remotely. None of us were in the same place when we were creating it. So in that initial build, we had, about six thousand people participating, and one surprise, and I still don't know what to make of it. But our initial cohort of users of the app were participating in the community discussion forum as if they were really on a pilgrimage. Like it wasn't, it wasn't merely an idea. They they were posting as if they were on this journey, and I find, I still find that interesting and fascinating. And we had to meet that reality where it was, even though that wasn't something that we were really thinking was going to happen. So that was a fun surprise. But I also think that each location, people were eager to find out more about it, and then to share what their own thoughts were about the theme, the formative theme that accompanied that location. So I think people People really were hungry to share with each other. And that first iteration gave us the insight that that would be something to continue to build upon as we went into 2.0. The,
0: the community aspect, I think, is, is really, really important. But I wonder, you know, I, I've, I've walked part of the Community Santiago, um, you know, I've done the, the pilgrimage itself, or part of it at least. And I, I wonder, can you talk a little bit about how you imagine? I imagine you've been on pilgrimages yourself, you teach a class, you said, what? How are you capturing parts of that lived experience, or what was the what was the kind of reflective process through which you capture these lived experiences and then try to make them virtual? Because obviously, it's not a you know one to one kind of a of a thing.
1: That's right. I think it's hard to capture something like that to make it very very similar. So right away we have to say, well, it's a it's a very limited kind of experience. So we use words. We we present parts of the autobiography parts of the life of ignatius so that there's an example <clears throat> coming from somebody who actually did these things and that as we read about them we can relate to them to those experiences and then part of it too i think is to allow the theme that accompanies the place to really be key for the journey of the user so that that experience of the user is reflective And that the reflection ends up being kind of an interior pilgrimage experience, because we can't we can't replicate the actual time in in the life of Ignatius and the places that he visited. But we can plant seeds so that the interior journey that people experience through the app, maybe that motivates them to to enter our immersion course or at some point to. To explore these places if they ever have the opportunity to go to Spain or to France or to Italy or to Jerusalem. And if that were to happen, I think that would be fantastic. And people could say, well, oh, I remember this little experience online with this app and now here I am at Loyola or here I am in Javier or here I am in Manresa. That would be really neat
0: yeah I, kind of like a gateway into the larger Ignatian world you know I think one thing that you know whenever I kind of think about you know trying to you know, bring scripture maybe apply scripture to a certain moment in time um or or you know think about the lives of the a, of a saints in a you know, particular moment mm-hmm. right you 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 enter into those stories uh, in a new way you learn something new so for you or for your team as you were bringing Ignatius's story into this you know app space, was there something new you learned or or something that surprised you about you know you discovered in in kind of deepening uh, your experience of that of the story of Ignatius?
1: Well, I think one thing that I learned was how helpful Ribadeneira's life of Ignatius and the mm-hmm. autobiography are together. I don't think that we had really connected those as as we could have. For example, in the course that we teach that's the immersion experience we only use the autobiography. And moving forward, I would say that there's a strong case to make use of that era first official biography of the Society of Ignatius. So that was something that was kind of a surprise. And then the one place in the journey that I've never been is Venice. And I, I found myself more reflective about that place and that experience in the formation of the Society. So I, I would say that there's been a fair amount of surprises along the way that that people found helpful in ways that we might not have originally anticipated. Same thing with the prayer wall. We had quite a bit of activity, people posting intentions. And then at our candlelight mass here at Boston College at 10 p.m. Monday through Thursday, I would always go through those prayers before I would go out to begin mass. And I I felt a kind of communion with people that I don't even know, but I, I I cared for their concerns, and that was a really gifted experience for me as a priest here.
0: I think that's a great point. That idea of the virtual—what happens in the virtual space—should necessarily spill over into kind of our real, our real lives. Can you say a little bit more, though, about um, uh, you know layering Ignatius's autobiography with Ribera's? Um, own writing, I think uh, you know. Longtime listeners of the podcast have heard uh, Bart Geiger talk about you know how those things build in each other. But but for those who may just be popping in for this episode, um, t- can you talk a little bit more about how those those texts complement each other?
1: Sure. So Ribadeneira was uh, was asked to write the official biography of Saint Ignatius Loyola. So in our way of reading, it reads like a kind of hagiography, and I think that style accompanying the autobiography just gives a little bit more detail, and it also helps us think about how did those early companions of Ignatius want to highlight certain parts of his life. So a Jesuit here, Father Claude Pavor he was the one that translated for the first time into English the the Ribadonera biography. And now we're working on another translation of a, a more contemporary biography of Ignatius. And I think these different Eras of thought and style and presentation, they just enrich the way that we think about the person of Ignatius. So as you see over the course of generations, people's understanding of who he is and what they want to highlight about him, that's very fascinating because it changes from from generation to generation.
0: We had uh, Father John O'Malley on a while back, and talking about um, again the development of our understanding of Ignatius and Ignatian spirituality itself over over time. Um, and that, to me, almost strikes me as a kind of pilgrimage—the the, you know accompanying the person of Ignatius uh, into a deepening understanding of, of who he is. Do you find um, that as you uh, kind of get to know him better, are there certain texts that you uh, really resonate with, or maybe even certain? Um, like like a like approaches to how you envision Ignatius a soldier a, a saint a mystic you know, what 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 are those kinds of understandings of Ignatius that you find most helpful and others might find helpful as
1: well well lately i think of him more and more as an administrator mm. just the fact that he could manage the exponential growth of something so new and something so crucial for the renewal of faith and to do that in a way that was I think very solitary. I mean, he was in Rome for for his life as a Jesuit. And I think his inclination would be at least based on earlier parts of his life. He loved to be out and about. So it was very sacrificial on his part to take on that responsibility of really structuring the organization of the society and to to let the society take off. I mean it was it was massive from from very, very early on. So there's something about him as an administrator that I find intriguing at this time. But when I was younger, his life as a pilgrim, I found very, very attractive and very, very intriguing because he was all over the place. And I think for us, we don't remember that this is all walking. He doesn't have a vehicle. He doesn't have some sort of a mode of transport. And that makes me even more mindful of the passion and the the interest, not just of Ignatius, but you think about someone like Stanislaus Koska, people who were walking, 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 what was fueling them? Well, it was some great desire, some great vision, and that they wanted to propel, and that they entrusted that propelling to the Holy Spirit. And I, I think that that's something that can help us today. I think that, especially when we've been in a period where we were so very limited, Perhaps people started to ask, what actually does propel me? What motivates me? And what needs to be purified in that propelling and motivation? And if if our little journey with Ignatius can help people be reflective about that for their own lives, well, that in itself, I would take as a great success.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think that's well said. I think also, as you're talking about Ignatius, the administrator, it makes me think, Um, You know, like sitting here in my basement, looking at the app is, is probably not unlike how Ignatius experienced the, the, you know, the Jesuits out in the world, right? That he just had his letters to go back and forth and be like, oh, that's, that's what it's like in Venice now. Oh, that's what it's like over here. You know, right. I mean, he didn't have that ability to, to get out as, as we've, we've all felt over the last, you know, many months. Um, You know, as we think about the the virtual pilgrimage. Do you have a, a favorite stop? A favorite um, set of content that you think people really should, uh, should should zero in on as they as they journey through it themselves?
1: Well, it's interesting. Personally, I love all of the places because what they remind me of are fellow pilgrims along the way. So when I when I go to Aranthasu through the app, I think about students that we've had in our courses that that joined us in that that great shrine. So part of the fun for me has been uh, remembering people in those different places that we were able to accompany and to learn from and to share content with. And then in terms of favorite places, we really, I think in a surprising way, ended up sh- highlighting a fair number of Marion hmm. places. And I don't think people realize how significant Mary is in the journey of Ignatius leading to the founding of the Society of Jesus and it wasn't on purpose that we ended up highlighting these places they're they're really of significance and the fact that there were so many of them as i look back on those 12 places that's a an interesting surprise to me and i i find that to be something that we could all probably ponder a little bit more Even in the exercises, the first person that Ignatius has us go to when we pray a colloquy is to Mary. And I think that there's something revelatory about her role in his religious imagination, in his devotion, and how that helps him propel toward the founding of the society.
0: Yeah, I I think it's... um that's well set up. So I'll look forward to that as I move, as I move through the app, the, my own pilgrimage. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the app is an innovative way of, of approaching Ignatian spirituality. As we enter into this Ignatian year or we continue through this Ignatian year, I think we're being invited to, um, you know, think in new ways about how we share uh, the legacy of Ignatius and then how we ultimately show, uh, show all people, you know, the way to God, you know, to Christ. What, uh, how do you think about innovation and Ignatian spirituality, um, either in, in your in your current role or just kind of in general as you look out at, at the society? How might you know this this Ignatian year experience be an opportunity to um, for all of us to think think in those terms?
1: Well, I think one thing that the year is especially highlighting is the value of disruption. Mm. That disruption is efficacious. There's fruit that can be drawn from it, but in and of itself. Disruption isn't a pleasant experience. I mean, I don't think people are going around looking for disruptions in their lives. But when disruption enters, I think part of the gift of an Ignatian year like this, it's to give us that image of hope that a disruption in time can be God-bearing. And that that, just our our being open to that possibility, I think, is worthy of, of reverence and attention. So that's one thing that stands out. The second that stands out, I think, is that our capacity to remember and to learn from the past fortifies us and gives us purpose and meaning as we move forward into the future. And I think this is one of the great gifts of our faith. I think periodically to be reminded of that and to tap into the past, especially in times where there's a lot of instability or there's a lot up for grabs. And to see that in the past, there were moments that were also unstable and and scary for people. But in the long run, that's an important part of the journey. I mean, that's the heart of Christianity, right? That, That the Paschal Mystery is an act of faith that all roads lead to Easter. And mm. sometimes when we're in the midst of difficulty, it's hard to, to know that, but it's not hard to believe that.
0: Hmm. I like that. And I'm, I'm stuck on this idea of disruption too. I like that. It has a very, um, kind of a, a tech, tech feel to it, disruption. But then when you, when you, when you layer in the cannonball, you know, disruption being of God and, um, you know, and then all, all roads to Easter. I think that's a great way to, to, to approach Ignatian year and, and our, 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 the call we all have to, uh, you know, share Ignatian spirituality, share the gospel. Uh, what else uh, is the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies working on these days? Anything else that we should be on the lookout for?
1: Well, we have a bunch of books that are in process right now. So we have a, a biography of Ignatius that should come out some, sometime in the next year in the next few hours, we should be getting a copy of a book on pedagogy. So these are from early Jesuits who have insight about the art of teaching, the art of learning. So Juvency was an author that we published a couple months back, and then we have uh, a new book coming out today. So pedagogy seems to be a, a priority for us in terms of our publication. And then the other thing that's been fun, we have a past fellow His name is Emanuele Colombo. He's a professor at DePaul University, a layman who studies the Indipite letters. And those are letters that Jesuits wrote over the centuries, asking the Father General for permission to go into the missions. Well, we're digitizing all of those letters and making them available through the portal. And what's interesting is you can see in different eras in the history of the society, certain parts of the world that were very, very creative in making men available to go into different parts of the world to, to spread the gospel. And the letters are filled with inspiring language. So there's a whole new area of study about Jesuits and emotion that's being brought forward through the study of these letters. Certain words that get used, we can study and see repetition of words, certain uh, times of the year where letters were written to the Father General, especially around feast days like the feast of St. Francis Xavier on December 3rd. So having these kinds of materials available, I think we'll see great flourishing of further scholarship on Jesuits and mission in the coming couple of years. That's been fun. And the other thing that we're doing is uh, expanding a program for offering spiritual exercises to high school students, and we're hoping to relaunch a historic journal on Jesuit education. And we're looking at maybe making a few more courses available in the coming year or two. So, the the pandemic has been a time of great fruitful imagination for us, and. While I grieve the loss of some of the activity that we would normally have, I have to say things like the app and the Manresa Retreat that we're offering again this summer, that's been a lot of fun. And it's helped us to think more creatively about how to meet people where they are in the world today. Hmm.
0: Um, I know you guys are based at Boston College, but certainly the work you do has uh, much much wider reaching implications uh, and effectiveness. What if, uh, if people wanna get involved or learn more or get some of these resources, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, I think to visit our institute website at Boston College. So the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies at BC. My, my hope for the summer for people is that they might find time for retreat and they might find time for pilgrimage.
0: Father Casey, thank you so much for joining us today, and, and thank you for your work.
1: Eric, I'm grateful for the time, and thanks for all the thoughtful questions. It's been a great conversation.
0: AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. The show is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Mike Jordan-Lasky, Megan Leepsch, Becky Sindelar, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits online at Jesuits.org, on Twitter at, at Jesuit News, on Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and at Facebook, facebook.com Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with a Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.